This is the We Fish with Phoenix Boats podcast, built by anglers for anglers. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the We Fish with Phoenix Boats podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trockenbrook. With me, as always, is Brian Travis. And today, special guest in studio, the man who puts his pants on one leg at a time, but then becomes Justin Lucas. That's an interesting introduction well <laughs> never you're kind of like us like uh kind of like us but you put your pants on and uh you just win tournaments so. yeah yeah man i guess i mean his never pants th- are a lot smaller than mine though i mean i'm just gonna say <laughs> you and i ain't getting a leg in, in no. <laughs> so what's up man we are glad to have you we've uh i know you're not too far down the road so appreciate you coming taking time out there. yeah dude i can be here in an hour and 15 to 20 minutes i, I gotta be one besides lester like probably the next closest dude yeah because you're closer in Swindle. Yeah. yeah. Well, does he still live in Blue Heron? Well, that road's called like Convict Road. Yeah, or so yeah. Nah, he's four minutes closer than me. Yeah, we'll just go ahead and give everybody's addresses out. On yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. You I didn't mean, say it loud enough. It's all right. Yeah. I didn't give on. a number. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of RV spots. I mean, yeah. I mean, Swindle's from a 1172 Canaan <laughs> Road. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, before we get in trouble for... Uh, <laughs> stalkers or anything or insinuating a riot um no we're glad to have you uh know you've uh looking forward to next year but i kind of want to rewind a little bit with you um let the fans kind of know uh what got you started in this just fishing in general man let's get the whole layout from the beginning beginning to the end and in the beginning there was uh well yeah we'll do we'll do the condensed version i guess if you want it because we probably have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. I feel like you guys do. You're looking at me like you got a lot to talk about. So, Well, I see Brian every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So, uh, yeah, I, I got started. Uh, I was 11 or 12 years old, and my mom forced me to go to a friend's catfishing birthday party. Now, why'd she force you? You didn't want to go? Uh, she had already bought a present, and I didn't uh, want to go. <laughs> no backing out there? Yeah. I remember mom it was like a $25 receipt. present. I don't You're know. going. We're yeah. not taking back a stretchable He-Man. My buddy's name was Anthony Bianchi, played baseball with him. And uh, we just literally went to the bank in the deep water channel. It's a part of the California Delta. It connects the, Sac- the port of Sacramento with the Delta. And uh, we went and sat on the bank and caught little tiny catfish and put them in uh, Dorito bags full of water and watched them swim around. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and so I was all about baseball, basketball back then baseball cards, basketball cards. Like, dude, I was heavy into my, my card trading and stuff back then and collecting. And at that point forward, literally, uh, started just falling in love with fishing. My, my uncle was a bass fisherman. And so he started taking me and teaching me some of the basics. My grandpa, who I brought here today, uh, he's out hanging out with the guys at the service, the service crew guys, but, um, he was a truck driver and he was a fisherman, but, just for relaxation. Like he doesn't know how to tie a knot or anything still to this day. Just going for what box? He just literally was your guy that would go sit on the boat and hopefully a catfish or striper or something would bite, you know, and if he caught one, it was a good day. But, uh, he was a truck driver. He started taking me fishing, uh, on his little aluminum boat. And then I remember him, uh, you know, I was getting into bass fishing heavy around 12 and a half, 13. And he had this aluminum boat that he kept, he kept coming home from, driving truck he was a in he uh hauled lumber but he would come home and he would sleep wake up on his off days and was building this deck for me 
on this bass boat on his aluminum boat trying to turn it into a bass boat right and we fished out of that thing for not even a year and he ended up buying a 16 foot boat fiberglass boat with a 90 horsepower just because he saw how much i was loving it my grandma was pissed at him i'll never forget that like what i guess how pissed a grandma can be right like mm-hmm. they don't seem like they can get that mad but she like he was buying you drugs <clears throat> no but she was not happy uh that he spent the money on a on a brand new 16 foot fiberglass boat and uh yeah but we started fishing tournaments signing up for tournaments my uncle was still teaching me a lot of the basics and my grandpa never drove uh that fiberglass boat we ended up upgrading to an 18 footer later on he never drove that one either and he never even like the only time he would step on the front deck is to net a fish or to get off on the dock you know when i'd let mm-hmm. him off at the end of the day so from 13 on i was running trolling motor and and uh driving a, driving the boat making decisions and yeah that's how i mean that's really how it got started and uh took a lot of a lot of butt kickings back then but won some tournaments i remember our first one we won 641 bucks and that was a big deal to me. He was, I didn't realize what he was doing, but he would pay me a little bit and I was just happy getting 75 bucks to go fishing for the weekend. But then he was also putting some of the money away that every time we were winning. And when I bought my first boat, when I was 17, I was a senior in high school. I bought my first boat. It was 2,200 bucks. Well, he had a check for almost that whole amount uh, that he had saved up from all our, our tournament winnings. And he was saving it for the day that I bought my boat. So I pretty much was broke buying this boat. And he's like, hey, I got something for you. I've been saving the money you've been, you know, he's like, you've been winning. He knew, you know, Mm -hmm. I was, (laughs) I'll tell you how much of a fisherman he was. Uh, When a Senko first came out, he tied one on. This is one of our very first tournaments. And all he did was tie an overhand knot 10 times, like that first (laughs) knot on your shoe, right? And I remember this four and a half pounder jumping and coming off at Clear Lake and he he reeled it in. He's like, oh, I lost him. And I'm like, let me see what happened. Did he break your line? What happened? And I look at his line. And it's just like the most coiled mess you could possibly imagine on the end of it. And I'm like, grandpa, what kind of knot are you tying? And, uh, he said an over, Oh, just overhand knot. That's all I know how to tie. And I'm like, okay, no more knot tying. Like from that point forward, I rigged all his baits, tied all, you know, put everything on. We didn't have power poles or anything. No spot lock back then. So when grandpa needed to be re-rigged, I'd have to sit down and, you know, stop fishing, but yeah, it was awesome. Those are, those are good days and, uh, ended up getting out of high school and, uh, I won a boat with a friend. Uh, we were 19, I was 19. He was 16 at the time. Real good fisherman. His name was John Bilheimer still around today. He does, he fishes some, but mostly saltwater now. And, uh, we won a boat and then, uh, right before I turned 20, just four months after that, I won another one. So I was living at home, fresh out of high school, on a couple boats, and did y'all split that first one? We split the first one. Yeah, I think we got like eleven grand each from it. Which, dude, when you're out of high school and stuff, like <laughs> I'm working all these odd jobs just trying to make money to five hundred bucks was bankrupt. Yeah, I mean, dude. So I, I was working these jobs. Any job I could really get, dude. I had all kinds of jobs growing up, but anything I could get that was Monday through Thursday, I would work. You know, anything I could make money Monday through Thursday. And then fish Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That was kind of my thing. And so when I made that much money, I'm like, man, I've never had this much money before. Like, this is cool. And then I won another boat four months later. It actually needed a motor. Uh, I won that as a co-angler in an FLW tournament. And it, I had to buy a motor for that one. So I kind of took 
I took some of that money that I won there, bought a 200 horsepower motor for this thing. And that was decked out at 19 with a brand new paid off boat that, you know, I, I got from winning. So I, I knew at that point there was some potential in what I was doing. And I was treating the co-angler stuff kind of like my college, you know, um, I went to college for a little while. I remember sitting there one day in class. I remember actually talking to a teacher. They were asking, you know, going around the room as an English literature thing. And they were, you know, what do you get? So what are you guys looking to do when you get out of college? And I remember saying professional fisherman. And my teacher thought that that was the biggest joke. And I thought, hmm, I'm just going to walk out. I'm going <laughs> to leave. <laughs> my brother, he reminded me and my wife about this story the other day. Was he in class with me? No, but he remembers the story. He's got a good memory. Kevin does, and my brother Joe does too. But he's like, "Dude, you remember when you walked out of walked out of school?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, actually, I do." Now that you're talking about it, was that the last day? That was. It wasn't the last day of school. It was no, like, no, the last day for you. Oh yeah, dude. So I was, uh, I was now 20. That was the September, um, September of two, or I, when I was 20 years old that fall. I'm, my birthday's in May, and uh, I went home and I, I was fishing these National Guard uh, Western Opens, or I, I guess yeah. whatever you called them back then. And I had two more tournaments to go that fall. And, uh, you know, I was doing okay. I was living at home. I was being productive. I wasn't causing my parents any problems. But part of the reason I was still living at home was the deal was like, hey, you got to go to school if you're going to live here. And uh, junior college was just down the road. And all I was trying to do was just save money. That was all that mattered to me. And, uh, anyway, uh, walked out of school. I went home. My mom's like, aren't, aren't you supposed to be at school right now? I'm like, yeah, I'm done mom. And she's like, okay, well, we're going to have to have a talk, you know, and figure out what you're doing. And I'm like, well, let me just, let me just fish. Um, uh, I got two tournaments left this year. Let me fish and just see what happens. Went up to Columbia river and won as a co-angler there. I won 25 grand. And then three weeks later, we had our last tournament at Clear Lake, and I won, went there and won twenty five grand, back to back, back to back. So I had a brand new boat, paid off, paid off. I had fifty grand in the bank that I just won in these tournaments, and I just walked out of school. <laughs> so, so have, have the conversation. Go there wasn't college fishing back then. Let me preface that too, but it was a uh, man. It was emotional for me. I remember being at the Columbia River and winning, and I didn't have any family up there. And, uh, you know, I'm just this 20 year old kid traveling up to the state of Washington, 14 hours from home, you know, trying to fish and went in 25 grand. And that was like the, that to me was the point where I'm like, man, like I can take this money and if I do it right, I can get in a lot more tournaments and hopefully make more money. And then, so I remember talking to my mom, you know, and she was crying backstage on the phone when I was talking to her. And, uh, anyway, she met, she and my grandpa, I still have that picture today. They were at the clear Lake tournament three weeks later and I ended up winning that one. And then, yeah, the conversation was a lot easier after that. So I said, all right, mom, make me a deal. Like, let me live at home for another year, you know, rent free, all this stuff. I'm going to be productive, but I need to start saving up as much as I can. And I need to, you know, just be able to travel to these tournaments and fish. And that's what we did. And, uh, or that's what I did. I learned a lot as a co-angler. I fished with an old guy named Dave Noller. He's a old Southern California guy, and he taught me so much about fishing slow and just being patient, and really that helped me as a co-angler a ton. Uh, but it also helped me just moving forward as a professional 
and then growing up in that area, you know, there's, I always say there's no other place like Northern California for diversity of fisheries, having tidal water. You know, I won a tournament before fishing 90 feet of water for spotted bass and I've caught them in a foot of water at the Delta flipping, you know, so it's like we had all, everything on the spectrum was available for tournament fishing besides like pretty much Great Lakes, you know, or real muddy rivers. And uh, yeah, so just rolled with it, moved to Alabama in the spring of 2010. And uh, that was it, man. Packed up, packed up the vehicle and drove to Alabama with Clint Davis. I met him at the Iron Bowl in the fall of 2009. 2009. And he said, if you want to move to Alabama, just come here. I'll, I'll charge you like 200 bucks a month for rent and see what happens. I'm like, okay, sure. I packed my stuff up in January and never went back. Now, were so, you uh, on the pro side on FLW and 10? That was my first moved? year. That okay. was my 2010 was my first year on the pro side. I had no idea really what I was getting into fishing as a pro on all these places. I was like 24 at the time. Wasn't nearly as advanced as like a Jordan Lee or Jacob Wheeler, you know, at, at that point in their lives. I had a lot of learning to do fishing wise. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. <laughs> I look back and I'm like, man, it's crazy to like just be like, yeah, I was 24. I just packed my stuff up and drove to Alabama and moved there. You know, most people and everybody in California is like, what in the world, dude? Like, you're crazy because that's you know, they're like Alabama. Yeah, they they probably make fun of the South like we make fun of California. Yeah, but I'm like, hey, I've been there. I I love it there, and I do. Like, I'm never leaving. So, how did you get to the Iron Bowl? So I got to the Iron Bowl because I was doing those. college events i was emceeing oh, that's them, right. yep. and the guys from auburn are like hey man we got an extra ticket to the iron bowl if you want to go i'm like what's the iron bowl i don't even know mm. <laughs> and they're like oh it's this big game between alabama and auburn i'm like okay we're auburn's pretty close to fort benning i was like i'm going to see my brother for thanksgiving anyway he's at fort benning he was in the army at the time and uh so yeah i was like yeah i'll go sure they were t- talking it up it was a good time it was a good time that's but, awesome uh, yeah i had, had no idea now, when you were fishing in high school before you made this big jump, what were your parents' thoughts? Were they like, "Is this a phase he's going to grow out of?" I mean, you got uh, three bro- or two brothers, so three boys all playing sports, and now you got one over here fishing some. Yeah, so my brother Kevin's a golfer, and he was all hot and heavy in golfing. He still is right now. Uh, Joe was wrestling in high school, and uh, I was fishing, so we all were like doing these three di- totally different sports. At that point, we all kind of realized we're not good enough to, or going to be built to probably be doing other sports, right? Like, I mean, you and I are under the six foot club. So, we're not yeah. basketballs out. My dad's like five six, dude. So yeah, I knew pretty early it probably wasn't going to happen. But uh, I did love basketball. Still love it today. Love playing it. Love baseball too. But there's nothing like fishing. And yeah, my parents they were supportive, but you know, just kind of realistic about it too. Like. You know, if you're gonna, if you're a young guy saying you want to be a pro at this, I mean, what do you tell your kid? Like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, but here's a deal. Like, you got to be figuring out something else at the same time too, in case that doesn't work. So, that was kind of where I was. But in my mind, I had no, there was no other options. Especially when I got out of high school and started like winning like that right away. I'm like, okay, like if so I you play saw my cards early, right, and you, yeah, you if I played my like cards right, like this is gonna, it's mm-hmm. gonna work out, right? Like, I'm like, don't get married don't have a baby, like, you know, don't get these responsibilities that you can't, you know, that you don't need right now. They're distractions. Right. So, and literally everything I did, I feel like everything I did from 13 years old on, once I knew I wanted to be a professional fisherman, like was calculated to how I'm going to get 
to be that to that point. And that was it. it was, there really wasn't like a second option for me. Oh, that's so, awesome. So <clears throat> I'd like to go back. You know, you won back-to-back co-angler events out yep. on the West Coast, so yep. a total of $50,000. Can you describe some of the challenges of being a co-angler? I mean, you're fishing for $25,000 you know, in that event, but you have no control of the boat or any of that. Can you describe what some of those challenges are to, to be a successful co-angler coming out of the back yeah, of the boat? Yeah, yeah. And I'll say this too. I forgot to say this, but the next year I was still in those co-angler events. I won two more. Okay. So within one year I won four of those. So a hundred grand and paying the California tax. Yeah, that sucked. That was a taste of reality. But you know, that was like, that was the deal. One year, four tournaments out of eight. And, uh, I don't know why I had such good success. I think part of it was practicing with, uh, that, the guy, Dave Noller. Uh, he just really taught me a lot about drop shotting and finesse fishing and really how to, um, you know, how to, how to fish slower than everybody else. And so when I would draw a pro that was fishing slow, that was always my prayer. Like, hopefully this guy is not going down the bank, you know, like I need a guy that's just off the bank. And then in my mind, it was always, if my guy's fishing slow, I can show them a different angle, whether I'm casting off the back of the boat or facing a different direction and making casts that he does, he's not showing the angle to. So I always felt like I was fishing for different fish than my pro. At least that's how I tried to think about it in my mind. And I always tried to feel like there was a fish behind my bait. And, dude, I wanted to win so bad as a co-angler, like, because I knew if I could and get that money, like, I could make it, you know, make things work. And so I literally, I remember feeling on every cast, like, there's a fish behind my bait right now. That's how I would think, no matter what. And there were some tough times, you know, when you draw a guy that's going – down the bank as fast as he can. And maybe I would try and do a little, you know, like, Hey man, we should probably get off the bank, you know, if it sucked or whatever, <laughs> like a little bit of that going on, but, uh, you can't change a guy's mind, you know, or, or tell him what to do out of the back of the boat. But after you've won three of them, you're like, Hey, yeah. man, you don't want to listen to me back. Well, here. <laughs> I'm cashing checks. It so. was crazy, man. It was just, uh, it was, yeah, it was nuts to win, to win that many. And I just look back at it and it's like, you know, if that hadn't happened, it, things probably would be different right now. So when um, after you had that success and moved to Alabama, were you on the National Guard team? Yep, yep. Starting so, in 2010? And that was the thing. So when I was a co-angler, I got I got those entries paid. It was like 2500 bucks for four events. So that helped uh, a lot, you know, is getting 2500 It was like a $2,500 sponsorship every year. I didn't have to pay for those four events. Um, so that definitely helped. And then my first year on tour uh, – they were paying my entry fees as a pro too. And that was big. It was like that, 20, 24 grand. At that's the time. still going to be a huge side oh, of relief, dude. It was, it was Especially big. moving all the way over to Alabama. Yeah. So Cody Meyer and I, uh, we've been friends since early on. And, uh, I remember him and I traveling that year together and he didn't have any sponsor money. And I had at least the 24 grand. And, uh, you know, I, I saw, you know, how hard it is when you're sitting there paying for it yourself and everything. And, I was really, really thankful for that. Um, that w- it would have probably been tough to do it without that too. But you know, I I still would have made it work at that point with what I had done as a co angler. Like I wasn't going to be dumb with that money, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, yeah, we had a good time. We traveled together. Me and Cody learned a ton that year, and then really didn't start seeing some success until like the following year. I think that year I got three out of five checks, and then uh, the next year it was like maybe four out of six or something. And, uh, first year I missed the championship next year, made it, but 
got a top 10, you know, my first top 10 as a pro and then really started to kind of learn how to practice and put all that stuff together, you know, in a week's time span. Right. Cause that's a hard, that's the hardest part about what we do is just, okay, you have two or three days to practice, figure out what you're going to do and then, uh, adjust as the tournament goes on too. And can you do that or not? That's the, that's what makes the difference between, Mm -hmm a weekend guy who goes out and practices for several days and finds a group of fish that stay there versus practicing for two days and finding fish that are on the move, you know, and trying to stay on the front side of them Mm -hmm. not the backside. So that's really what makes, you know, that's what makes a a great fisherman is a guy that can do that. Now, what were you thinking that first morning of your first pro event? Hmm. I mean, it's really not been that long, 10 years and all the success you've had here in it, but were you nervous? I'm sure I was. I don't remember where it was at, to be honest. Maybe Fort Loudon or Beaver Lake, something like that, or maybe Table Rock. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I was nervous. Dude, I didn't have a clue. I look back now, I'm like, dude, you did not have a clue what you were doing. (laughs) I mean, I look at the stuff I was – I remember what I was throwing and what I had tied on and everything, and I'm just like, man, you know, throughout the year or whatever. What did you have tied on? Uh, I was throwing, I'm, I'm pretty sure his table rock was my first one and, uh, whoops. And, uh, I remember having a Texas rig tube on working it through some timber and actually caught fish doing it. And I would never do that now, like the way <laughs> I had it rigged and I had a jerk bait, um, that I had like weighted down like crazy to try and get down to like 25 feet of water to catch two pounds. A whole pack of suspended dots. Yeah. Oh, it's just (laughs) terrible, ugly looking. There's different ways to weight a jerk bait now that I know that I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have done then. So yeah, it was stuff like that. And I only got paid in that tournament. Like I got pretty much got a lucky, like I caught three, two, I think I caught uh, six fish in three days and got paid. It was super tough. And one of them, though, was like a five and a half pounder that I caught on that stupid jerk bait. And I ran like <laughs> 40 miles, dude. And I'm like, I just got to go fish this creek. It's back by takeoff, blah, 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 whatever. And I roll up and I'm just hoping for a couple twos or whatever. And I catch a five and a half and it got me paid. That was the only fish I caught the last day, but it got me in the check. And, you know, that was a big deal, 10 grand. Dude, that's got to feel awesome. Yeah, it's, it's weird to think about. But I look back at that stuff and it's all just a constant, uh, constant, you know, trans like transgression or whatever, like you're just learning constantly every single day. I look at stuff I did three or four years ago and I'm like, mm, I probably wouldn't do that now. And it doesn't always show in your results, right? Like it doesn't mean that your tournament results make you, you know, it's not like, Oh, he's better now. He's, you know, whatever. Like there's just things that I did even two, three years ago, um, that I, I wouldn't do now, but that just changes. Fishermen are always like that. Like, you're always evolving. Totally, man. Do you keep every check, like a copy of it? No. Heck no. I mean, I, I don't have near as many checks as you, but no. I, I've got a scrapbook. I always think it's kind of cool to see. No. But my $60 checks don't really make that much to, to <laughs> 10 grand Most of the ones we fish are handing out cash. Yeah. <laughs> it gets counted out and handed yeah. out. I've fished in plenty of those. Yeah. No, no that stuff is, you know, the only thing I really You're not carry. nostalgic with some any of that stuff? You don't keep old jerseys? Not old jerseys. I don't really... Does your mom have like a no like a room for each of y'all Mm-mm. with like your anything that's got my name on it? I really don't want like I just want uh, the trophy. I was gonna say or, the trophy's not gonna move because you can't pick it up. Yeah, it's yeah. heavy. It but is. I just want like the trophy. I have some of those old twenty five thousand dollar big checks that I won when I was a co angler. I have a lot of the trophies that my grandpa and I um, did well in. I still have those, but 
like anything with my name on it. I might have a couple of magazine covers, but other than that, I don't. I don't know, man. You don't keep I don't, jerseys. I don't like putting stuff with my name or my picture. Oh, not up, that like, you need to hang it up, but you don't have a jersey hanging in the closet from the mm, National Guard. No, hmm. I don't think I do. That's I don't crazy. think I do. I mean, dude, it's just what for what? <laughs> so I could sit in the closet. You well, know, then like, you might remember what tournament you were at, <laughs> 2010, if you had some kind of note on your jersey. <laughs> I mean, take a stroll down memory lane once yeah. in a while. Good night. It's only been a decade. My wife, she's all minimalistic, dude. So she's like, our house, we've gotten rid of a lot of things. Really? Yeah. And it's, I've kind of gone that same route. Like, eh, if I'm not using it, I don't really need it. When, dude, when the, we hoard, that, people it, hoard a lot of stuff. So, like, I just kind of, I think fishermen like, are tackle collectors. I mean, that's the only thing that I hoard now. Really? Yeah. Like, bought a new pair of jeans. So I threw an, an old pair out, you know, or like gave it away. But, I'm I'm trying to keep everything like more minimalized except my tackle. That's, Is that a new thing, thing that you've been doing here recently? It just feels good. It's like a it's like a cleansing feeling when you know that you only have so much of things and not too much stuff. How do you do that with a toddler? I don't go in his room okay. or in his closet. I let Bree do that. <laughs> the house is minimalistic <laughs> except for one room. Yeah, well, except for his closet. Dang. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, I don't go in there. No, I got you. Um, so first year on the BPT. Mm-hmm. So now you fished all three major tours. You went yep. from the FLW, had a lot of success on the elites. Yep. Made, shoot, almost a million dollars probably. I don't know. One AOI, um, yeah. one, two tournaments. Yep. I mean, making that decision to go to the BPTs. Was that tough? Oh, it was super hard. I was, you know, I think me and Brandon and Ike and Ellie were the last three guys to make the decision. And, you know, pretty much simply put, uh, some guys, you know, there's a lot of guys that had bad taste to bass or whatever. And I just, I wasn't one of those guys. My decision was just basically at the end of the day, where do I feel like I'm going to be able to provide for my family, you know, for the longest period of time. And, you know, I was just worried that uh, if bass lost, you know, if they lost sponsorships that, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. Heck, dude, I still don't, you know, I'm mm-hmm. 30, 33 year old guy. I'm not a business guy. I'm just a fisherman. So I don't know what's going to happen, but, um, I don't, you know, I don't want to see any of them go down. I just, I want to see everybody get along and fish and, you know, it's, it's all good, man. Like I, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, I hate seeing some of these guys and some of the negativity and everything. The divide, you know, it yeah. comes, it comes both ways too. There's people doing it on both sides and it's like, Mm-mm. you know, the only thing I didn't, I, I never agreed with was paying, 48 grand in entry fees like you know i'm like come on that's that's a lot of money to to play to gamble and uh you know when people said oh you're not loyal for leaving it's like no i was a customer i I was paying 48 grand like if if i wasn't paying 48 grand then i could you could say that but i Mm -hmm. was paying i don't know if guys were getting their entries paid or not but i wasn't and uh yeah so i think the first year the bass pro tour was uh, i think it was a i would think it was about what I expected, maybe a little bit better, to be honest. And I think that moving forward, uh, it's a really smart group of people. So I think that they, you know, they can make adjustments that are needed and I don't think it's going anywhere. Well, let's and, talk about that fishing it. aspect of yeah, it's, mentally changing from it's crazy, everything dude. you knew from 13 <laughs> years old. Yeah, it was uh, first three tournaments. I pretty much sucked. I mean, be the first one to tell you. And then I started getting the hang of what I needed to do. It's probably different for everybody the way that they need to practice for it, but started getting the hang of what I needed to do. And it looked like a terrible year. I finished 45th in the points, didn't make a top 10, but 
I got four out of eight checks and I missed two by finishing 21st and 22nd. So one and two spots out of the money. Mm -hmm. And so when I look at it like that, I had two really bad tournaments really. And then I had two others that I was one bite away and I lost those fish to be in there. So it wasn't that bad of a year, six out of eight checks. Anytime you can do that, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the year I won AOI, it was, I got seven out of eight checks, like missed one and got seven others, you know? So if you're doing six or seven checks out of eight tournaments that's, or nine tournaments, that's pretty darn good. What, and what did you change after that? I just, tournament? I, for me, I needed to not run around a lot. I would kind of, and I think that's probably, um, that's what worked out for me at Bass a lot of times is I, I could, uh, I could run, I would, I would take a little gamble a lot. Or, mm-hmm. and like running out of gas and yeah, right. <laughs> having ish. Having like, a, well, that was that a up. dude. That was a that Delta tournament was a big gamble. Uh, that was pretty. That was an awesome video though. Dude, it was, it dude, was cool. Was, and you had like two minutes to spare. Yeah, we barely made it <laughs> in, man. You're all huddled but, up there on the yeah, floor. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was cool. That was that awesome. was and and Ish needed some good love at that point. You know, it was. That's right. He had the little lock situation a few weeks before that, so <laughs> it was good good PR for Ish and. Uh, he's a good dude. He really is. But yeah, um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I like to gamble a little bit and I, I need to learn how to gamble, uh, over here at MLF. I need to do a better job of that probably, but it's not like by, I don't think it's by running around more over there. Like at Bass, I used to, when I get my bag, I'd start gambling, run 20 minutes here for one bite or 15 minutes here for two bites, whatever. And at MLF, uh, I've ha- I needed to just settle down. That score tracker affects the way you think and everything. It messes with you big time. So I needed to settle down, just start catching fish right away. And when I did that, I would I would do fine in so, those tournaments. So so do you find yourself in the in the BPT format um, speeding up your presentations or changing to a smaller lure? You know anything like that to try and generate more bites to get more fish versus you know size. Yeah, uh, I would say you you gotta slow down, man. You gotta pay attention to how fast you're fishing. I think a lot of guys we just get caught up and we start fishing too fast. And when you're scrambling and that score tracker's going off, dude, it's a it's a hectic mess on that boat. It really is. And there's nothing else that makes you makes you feel that way just because you know where you're at. Um, but I I wouldn't say I ever downsized honestly, because i I'm always been a spinning rod guy and I did a lot of my damage the year I won AOI with the spinning rod. So I never really like myself, like would say that I targeted smaller fish. Um, but that might change here moving forward. We'll yeah. see. We I think it's interesting really talk about it, but yeah, you know, you're talking about the speed because obviously with that score tracker update going off, your natural instinct is I got to go. But from a spectator, watching any of the of the live fishing formats yeah. i watched you know the pros burn through a pocket i'm like i'd have been there for an hour and a half <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're in and out in like seven minutes i'm like good night so the trick man is if you can burn through that pocket and then pick off those active fish and then if you can <clears throat> excuse me if you can not um not run and turn back around in that pocket and then pick them off you know, fishing slower. Like if you can spend your time with the trolling motor down like that and catch them multiple ways, that's a, you're doing it right for major league fishing. See, this you got to keep that trolling motor wet. It's interesting that active fish terminology. Cause I, one day I was lucky enough to be in the boat with you and it was a hot summer day with no wind. We were yeah, checking I ledges. Yeah. And I remember you showing me that stuff on the graph. Like, look, there's some fish right there, but mm-hmm. I can tell you by the quantity or by where they're staged, they're not active. So we're going to keep looking for sure. Um, is that something you just learned over time to figure out, 
you know, especially graph and ledge fish to figure out which ones are active schools and which ones are just kind of hanging out. That's more just how they set up. Like okay. if, if they, you know, I can tell now if, if I idle over a place and fish are set up right, you know, if they're on top of the structure for the most part, a lot of times it's, they're up there feeding. And if they're off the sides of it, like two foot, you know, they'll be up coming up a ledge, but if they're down off the bottom of it, uh, they might just be down there, just not active, yeah. you know? So Yeah. And if you ever idle over smallmouth and you see him on when you're idling, get ready, dude. It's like tuna fishing. Like you just start <laughs> dropping and it's game on. Now, do you like the uh, break in the day <clears throat> with MLF? It is kind of nice. I'm not gonna lie, that break's pretty cool. Uh, my favorite thing is just letting the fish go. Mm-hmm. I think that's the coolest thing because I, I'm seeing the impact that that's making. I really just love let, letting them go. That's really cool. But that's not to say I won't. Uh, fish five fish to limit tournaments and stuff too because you you can do a d- good job and take care of fish uh yeah so there's a lot of good things there's a big learning curve but uh you know it's all it's all good stuff so what awesome. on the score trackers at the end of the day lines in everything's done you know what is the waiting period before you get final final numbers you know, <laughs> well, if you're sitting on that edge or whatever you know yeah i got knocked out by brett height at lake conroe Two two and a half minutes afterwards, I'm idling out, thinking I'm good. I'm in twentieth place, and he's like taps me on the shoulder, and I'm like, "What's up?" And he said, uh, "I got a score tracker update for you." I'm like, "Shut up, dude! Like we're mm. freaking two and a half minutes past. How how is this possible?" Yeah, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, Brett Height caught a three three and knocked you down to twenty first. I'm like, mm, "That was a really crappy boat right in." So I just got the award for bringing up the yeah. worst topic. Source That's all right. <laughs> Everybody needs to experience it. Oh, I'm, I could only imagine. I that, hope though. every single angler experiences how I felt at yeah. that point because it sucked. Yeah. Do it you guys sucked. ever have issues like with service, cell service being able to get updates? Every well, that minute? was the problem is it was just taking a while. It doesn't ever really go past five minutes. Uh, Winnebago, I finished right on the money on 20th. And, dude, I didn't move in that boat. We just floated there for like 10 minutes. And finally, I told my guy, I'm like, just call them. Call them to make sure. Because I already got knocked out once. So I'm like, don't let this happen again. And he called them. And he's like, yeah, you're good. I'm like, ha. That was the best boat ride ride in ever. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. The the emotions you feel doing it, they're insane. They really are. And I've told people that this is how it is. This is the difference. If If you guys go to a tournament at Tim's Ford and you have a good bag of fish, you're not really nervous till you put the boat on the trailer and you kind of start hearing what people have and everything. Or you see Duke and Cole in the parking lot. There you go. <laughs> <I> can catch <laughs> but like for me, that was the way it always was. Like at the Sacramento River when I won, I didn't feel sick. Like I was going to throw up until I put the boat on the trailer. And I'm like, it's all done now. Like I'm about to throw up now, you know, like, and now you feel that way at freaking 7.45 a.m. Yeah. You know, all the way through three o'clock. Yeah. And so it when you see guys going through that that's what's in i think it's entertaining you know because you see how a guy really is like how he is under pressure and you either fold or you you know you take the ball and well i think what i love is is hearing guys guessing what other anglers Mm -hmm. are doing oh he's over there he's definitely throwing top water and they're always he's out there drop shot you know (laughs) it's Um, crazy how often they're wrong yeah it is and and something the the elimination methods you know like when you're you're in those terms you get the shotgun and all that how do you think that plays into it if you're in group a versus group b weather patterns change stuff like that do you think that so it's has an effect major league fishing is hard 
because of that off day and you know, all of that, that you're fishing every other day. Um, and the weather changes and stuff. So you could be out there two days before. And then that day you're out there for the first day, you're, you're, you know, group. Um, yeah. I mean, if the weather's totally different, you have to learn how to adjust right then. So it's good. I mean, it, it makes you a better fisherman because most likely what you found in practice is 100% changing even by the first day of the tournament a lot of times. And, uh, that was something else I had to do, do a better job of and, and adjust with, uh, this last year is just not reminding myself, don't get caught in what you did in practice, you yeah. know, like keep, keep that open mind, which, you know, the year I won AOY that that's why it happened. Just keeping an open mind and, you know, p- picking up the right rods at the right time and making the right moves at the right time. How do they pick the groups? Is it a random generator? Random. Is yeah. It? Would you prefer yeah. to be an A or B? <laughs> probably just a because i would think so yeah yeah i would do is there anybody you don't want to see in your group? like is there somebody you're like man rather that dude be another group well after this year yeah edwin evers or freaking wheeler yeah you know either one of those guys they killed it but i think this next year you're gonna see uh you're gonna see a lot of our guys that are really caught on to it and it's gonna get even more competitive oh, just sure. because they're getting the hang of it you yeah. know and everything and yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch this year. Do you think? Uh, you know, I'm kind of jumping around on you, but you you started your own YouTube page this mm-hmm. summer, and you guys did just some fun fishing. Mm-hmm. But you were catching a bunch of numbers, whether it was in a creek. Yeah. Uh, where'd you guys go for that smallmouth video? I can't say. All right, we won't say. Talk you tell me. You tell dude. me later, dude, But <laughs> you almost got me too. I almost was like, ah, no. <laughs> but does that help at all? Just uh, fun fishing a little bit. I just enjoy fun fishing. I just enjoy the adventure of going somewhere new. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that to me is, the mo- that's the most fun thing about bass fishing is like, can you, g- and I like doing it when I'm not under pressure of a tournament, you know, for a tournament, it's fine and it's all good, but it's even more fun when it, you don't have a tournament and you're just kind of, you can take your time and try and learn, learn a place. And w- when you do some of those places we went, were just insane, insane, dude. Like the place where we got the small mouth is, it was nuts. Mind boggling how many we caught. It's kind of funny, like you are like the epitome of someone who like lives in a beach town, living <laughs> in Gunnersville. Like people travel just to go fish Gunnersville. Yeah, you're leaving Gunnersville to yeah, go. Yeah, it's not the same like it used to be. You yeah. know that. So know. it used to be when I first moved there, it was amazing. Like I never wanted to leave Gunnersville, and now it's like, yeah, I remember the good days. So <laughs> I'm gonna go try and find those good days somewhere else, and I'm not gonna tell anybody where it's at. <laughs> Do you have any theories on on why that is? I don't know. Honestly, yeah. I've heard you know fish got sick or i know the pressure's got to have a lot to do yeah. with it uh a lot so i don't know may need to move on up to chick because that that place is still kicking I saw somebody out. caught like a 14 there a couple days ago Dude, it's so nuts this january the month of january is always yeah. chick just blows yeah. up it's place awesome is, place is crazy it's that florida strain i think they got mm-hmm. maybe they'll make their way downstream now you never i'd know. love for them to That'd be awesome. And it would be good. I think I'd be love good for the state for of Alabama to put some in Gunnersville, some of those F1s. Mm. I think that's what they are, is those F1s. Gunnersville would come back for sure. There's enough grass there. It's coming. I mean, yeah, it's, as much as they're still spraying, I still think there's still plenty yeah, of grass. That's a good thing about it, man. It's just, it's always been a really fertile lake. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much vegetation growing there, and that that has always helped it for sure. Now, you're not, you don't do much hunting in the off season, mm, but none. Is the fun fishing. Just part of your relaxation in the offseason? Yeah, I or think so. Is, uh, what do you, what, I mean, you play golf a little bit? Nah, a little bit. Not enough to – I just enjoy 
you know. If I put 20 bucks on the table, let's go play tomorrow, you probably play. Well, yeah, if we're gambling. There we sure. go. That's how you get Justin to do anything. Put 20 bucks on it. The the Chris and Bobby Lane ruined me on gambling. <laughs> really? <laughs> I used to never gamble, and then I met those guys, and that's all. That, yeah. Everything can't do anything without gambling, man. You can find a way to wager on everything. I mean, you can. And growing up with brothers, I, we did it for every. I mean, yeah. Well, my brothers and I do it now like crazy. But well, and it's interesting because we've been doing uh, some management and leadership training around here, and one thing we noticed when we all took our personalities is uh, so many of us have the competitive mm. run through everything. So there's, yep. a, there's a slew of us around here that have that you know competition. Oh, there. Yeah. And, and so yeah, pretty much we we may not bet, but everything's got a purpose. Heck yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're pushing. If we're gonna do something, I want to win. That's right. 100%. I hate losing more than I like winning. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that was one of the questions, I believe. Was it? Do you do you like winning more than you hate losing? I think that was one of our personality, and that's a tough one to answer. But yeah, it is. Definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, well, um, Grandpa Jack moved down yep. here with you this year. Uh-huh. Uh, you said he was out there eating his uh, Carl's Jr. I guess we got to call it to be politically correct for yeah. for him. How's that been? Uh, uh, it's been awesome. Well, he's been with me up here every time. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my third trip up here this winter, and. Uh, yeah, it's been really cool. He's never been to Tennessee before. He's never been much anywhere outside California. So I took him to the Jack Daniels Distillery too. A couple oh, weeks oh ago. really? That's good. He's always drank Jack. That's been his thing forever. Yeah, Jack drinking yeah, Jack. Jack drinking Jack. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, we did the we did the little tour, and he thought that was just awesome. So it was really cool. So that's been awesome to have him here and, and oh yeah, hanging he, out with Coop and yeah, he lives ten minutes away. So uh, I went ten years. You know, I was seeing them or you know whatever uh at least a couple times a week or every other week and then went 10 years pretty much just seeing them once a year whenever we travel out there but i've always talked to him on the phone uh probably like two or three days a week just calling and checking on them you know and so it's kind of surreal to be able to hang out with them mm-hmm. see them and uh take them around to these places too you know so it's cool he it's his birthday to today you. he's 81 today oh, we gotta get oh to yeah, happy sure. birthday grandpa jack yep he so, seems to be your biggest fan. Oh, dude, for sure. For sure. I mean, he got it all started pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So he worked, you know, that I, I swear that's what he, that was his new love is once I started to love fishing, he loved watching me fish. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all he was, you know, at that point forward. Like, I feel like he was, he was working just to be able to make sure that we could go fishing together. So, so would you say you're the favorite grandson? <laughs> I mean, he did move, well, we move spent, down here to your... We spent the most time together. I got you. I put understand. it that way. So, but, uh, you know, my, my other brothers love him just as much, too. Oh, so. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, no, I talked to him uh, last time y'all were up here, and he uh, he was talking about when he was a truck driver, uh, he pretty much had, like, seniority, and his truck always got loaded first, so yeah, he could get yeah. home yeah. for you guys to go out and go fish for yep. a little bit. Yep. And he said that that's the way it was for, like, the last 15 years that he yeah. was working there. Yeah, that's true. That's they took awesome. good care of him. He was always, man, well, he was always more than on time. Like, he, you know, I told him to be at the house this morning at 9. He's there at 830. Brian, <laughs> you know, so. Brian can take some notes for that. Yeah. What? Come on, man. Dude, you you're run, 20 minutes late. a little late. You got to tell He's this got guy. got 78 kids, though. So. Right. If you need him there at 730, you better tell him 710 because mm. he'll be there at 730. But, but here's the thing. Like, he, he's talking more about, like, duck hunting and stuff. Uh. He likes to get there an hour before we have to be anywhere. Yeah, and I'm like, bro, early. I'm not getting up an hour early to go sit in a dark Me parking either. lot and wait. Me know, either. Oh, well. Just to set up a jerk cord and a flooded timber. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Well, looking forward to next year, I'm sure. Uh, any events you, you're kind of looking forward to? Uh, I hope I can make that heavy hitters tournament. I do think that's going to be really cool. First time ever, like, targeted fish of one pound, two pound, and then three pounds. I think that's going to be really cool. The payback is insane on it, too. Really, really good payback. So, uh, yeah, I would love to make that one. But other than that, just same old standard. Looking forward to every single tournament. I always do. Like, mm -hmm. I never look at it and go, oh, this one stands oh, out. this, this one, one sucks. I don't yeah. want to go there. I mean, because you never know when you're going to win or you never know where, you, you know, you're going to stumble onto the just the right spot and have a great tournament. So I'm comfortable anywhere and looking forward to all of them. All right. Now I got to ask, since you don't know where you're going to win, do you think you were going to win in California when you all went? I uh, didn't think I was going to win at all until the second day when we talked about gambling earlier. Mm -hmm. um, I went to this area and uh, I remember starting there just going, okay, if I catch 10 pounds, I'll get paid. And I caught 16 and a half pounds and I'm like, and I caught it like that, like quick, like 30 minutes. And I'm like, Oh crap. What, are, what do I do now? And so I remember sitting there thinking, going, okay, what do you do? What do you do? You're going to be in the top 10. How are you going to win this tournament? And then packed his stuff up, dude, and freaking ran. I already ran like 55 miles to that spot. I ran another like 30 to further away from where we were going. So 85 miles and then had to go that back. And, uh, yeah, that wasn't the, that wasn't the day I ran out of fuel, mm -hmm. but, uh, I got fuel that day. But, uh, anyway, yeah, when I made that run, that 30 miles, I started looking for where I thought bigger bed fish would be and, uh, kind of stumbled into an area where I really hadn't caught them in the past, but based off just what I learned from being out here, I took that mm -hmm. back there and that's probably why it worked out in my favor is because I, you know, I wasn't fishing old stuff. I was fishing what I thought, where I thought they would spawn and dude, I showed up and it was like, here they are, big ones too. So, Do you think you'd win in Maryland? No. I, I was a terrible practice. I was hoping to catch five fish a day and I went and started up there by that dock to hit this little water intake thing and didn't get any bites and I'm like, hmm. Guess I better go try and drop shot this dock real quick and see if I can catch a keeper or two before I go skip a wacky worm around the mm -hmm. rest of the docks going back down. And uh, went down, and in the first 15 minutes, caught two three and a halves. And I'm like, hmm, this is a long, you know what, dock. Mm -hmm. like, this is the longest damn dock I've ever seen. It is. It's like 400 yards or something. And uh, anyway, fish all the way to the end. I have 15 pounds, and I'm like, that's pretty good. Like, I think 15 pounds a day is probably going to win. And so I turned back around, fished to the end, back just the direction I just came from. Took me about three hours total to go up and down. That's how slow I was fishing. Learned that from, yeah. you know, the old guy I used to fish with. And by the time I got to the other end, I have 19 pounds. And I'm like, this is pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. So stuck around the rest of the day, didn't really fish hard, weighed my almost 20 pounds or whatever, and had like four or five pound lead. And I'm like, hmm go back out the next day and do it again, like in three hours. And I'm like, this is pretty stupid right now. Like <laughs> I might be able to win this tournament. You know, I, I had no idea the potential, the potential of that area just kind of stumbled into it. But the drop shot was, was the deal. Like I had the right bait mm -hmm. and, uh, just happened to stumble into the right area with the right bait. So you knew after a couple of days, those fish had, had never seen a drop shot, dude. It was like, they, they ate it like, they used to in California back in the day when I grew up fishing Clear Lake in the Delta. I remember them first seeing a drop shot and how stupid it was. And that's how it was at the Potomac. It was just that's stupid. Awesome. Yeah, it was that's cool. Awesome. So what's new for you for this year? 
Uh, I'm running power poles again, back with power pole, running power pole charge battery charger. So <laughs> explain that system a little bit if you can. Yeah, so it... Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. It basically, the easiest way to put it is it makes all your batteries as one big battery and it regulates itself based on how much power each one needs. So okay. like it'll take from the trolling motor and give to the big in, or to the cranking battery if it needs to, or it'll take from the cranking and give to the trolling motor if it needs to. I got you. So when I'm running um, and the alternator's running and everything, it's actually charging. Most of the time it's charging my trolling motor batteries while I'm running. So cool. I just, I just fished for five days, forgot my extension cord and never charge my batteries. Really? I'm not kidding you. And it's cool. You can change priority level on your phone too, mm-hmm. or on your graph mm-hmm. if you have the NEMA hookup. And you can put more priority onto one if you know you got a short run. And the jump start yeah. feature on it's pretty yeah. cool too. It's it's the deal. I mean, and it's charging the stuff in like crazy. I, I don't know all the technical terms, but like charging it really fast and, right. and a lot, giving it a lot of power. So it's it's amazing. I showed Tharp a couple of days ago and he's like, dude, that's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let me just call the power pole guys and let them tell you about it. Cause I was like, I literally fished Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And then I fished on Wednesday, but we talked to him Tuesday night. I had fished for four days and, uh, I forgot an extension cord on the trip. So I'm like, this will be a good test to see what's up with this thing. And all the batteries Tuesday night were at a hundred percent. Wow. <laughs> and I wow. did a lot of running around, like trying to learn, you follow in Okeechobee a little bit, but still. Like, That's crazy. Wow. It's nuts. You run an eight foot or 10 foot blade? Eight foot. Eight foot. And I had my new boat. I'm very proud to say 921 up to 75.4. I saw something about Flat that. Yeah. calm, freaking hauling butt. That may be your fastest one yet. It is. It? You got a good it motor is. on it this year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's, I think putting the poles on it helps too mm-hmm. a little bit. Because I got that last one like 74, but 75.4 is screaming. Dude, I had it 77-something, but that was coming down current on Gunnersville. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to post it because I'm like coming down current. But flat calm at Okeechobee, that's a good test. And 75.4 is freaking home. But I remember you texted me like four years ago. You're like, dude, I hit 73 today. <laughs> <laughs> it may have been like your first year in it. Dude, I ran yeah. 73. And now you're yeah. like, ah, 75. No I big deal. so used may, to may 67 forever. It's <laughs> like, what does that feel like? <laughs> That's hauling the mail. Yeah, it is. That boat's bad, dude. I love the dual front deck lids uh, in the center of the boat. You mm-hmm. know, it's just for me, I'm an organization freak. I don't like lifting up a big lid and having everything in one spot. I want to kind of be able to compartment, you know, put things in their own compartment or what's what's the word I'm looking for? Car- compartmentalize? Yeah, I don't yeah, even know yeah. if I can say that. That's a big word. But uh, I like to do that with my, that my all my stuff. So I keep like jig skirts fishing line, all the lightest stuff I use in bags, I keep that up in the front, mm-hmm. you know, the the top part of the dual section. And then I keep all my weights and bigger, heavier tackle and stuff in the, in the bigger box. But it's just a system that works really well for me. And, you know, I missed it the one year I was in the PHX. The PHX rides amazing. It's a fantastic boat. I loved fishing out of it. It was just a storage thing for mm-hmm. me and just being a weirdo kind of so no you like to be organized and make you do. Be more I fishing do. on the water i love that boat love it can't imagine fishing out of something else no, that's awesome now uh Tharp picked up his not too long ago yeah and he's guys- rubbing in all his different features he's got and <laughs> options you know how he's oh man look at my sea deck i'm like oh Tharp, whatever dude you got a charge you should have hung that over his head for a while yeah i did 
because he, he knows what's up, dude. <laughs> he knows what's up. He's got some cool stuff. He, t- you know, is but, he one of uh, one of your closer friends to travel with on tour? Yeah. Well, we we uh, they always camped, and mm-hmm. so we'd camp by them or whatever. But yeah, I talked to him a lot. He's just a, he's a good dude, man. He he's just trying to fish and. I'm trying to do the same thing. Like we're not trying to get rich fishing. We're just trying to fish mm-hmm. and make a comfortable living fishing. And we talked about that this last week. It's like, we're not, we just love fishing mm-hmm. and sharing a rental house with them the last few days and stuff. And just hanging out, you know, just like good old days, cooked a big old fat ribeye on the gas grill at the rental place. And it was, it was cool. It was fun. Are you going to do camping next year? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Some camping and then some rental houses and stuff. So I got you. Yeah. You like it when Bree and, and Coop come? Dude, that make it a little easier on you? It makes it very nice. That's the hardest the hardest part about our job, hands down, and the only part that to me is like really a job is being able to manage your family time, staying away from family, you know, being away from family or mm-hmm. being able to get them on the road. But other than that, it's like, it's about, I mean, to me, it's the best job in the world. You just got to be able to manage that. Right. You know? so, and, we're, and we're taking you away right now, so sorry about it's that. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> we don't have Cooper today. No. We miss the little guy. No, no. Yeah. I've got a little He's getting one. used to coming up here. He is. Yeah, and you had you just had number two. The little one that's uh, – he's he's doing good now, though. We're Le- excited. Leander? Uh, Ander. 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 Yeah. We we did name him after me, so he will be the fifth, but we're going to call him Ander. Ander. That's uh, Her dad's name was Andy, too. He's yeah. actually Timothy Andy, so it kind of ties everything in together pretty good. So Perfect. We were stoked about that. Um, but let's go back to that 921. You've had that now five years? Yeah. And yeah, so I had six. The, this is my sixth boat. Yeah, and uh, five years out of that boat. Yep, five years in that one. It's gotten a little faster for you. You must be getting good props. I don't know what you guys are doing over here. You guys might be tweaking something <laughs> or messing with something. I don't know. No, no. Like, you guys are all hush hush, loosening up drags, not telling me nothing. Reels. Yeah, that does happen if you don't watch it. Well, dude, let's put you in the hot seat, and then we got to get you out of here. Kay. I know you got to get Grandpa Deal. Jack back home. Let's do it. You're fidgety over here. <laughs> I'm meeting a guy for uh, yeah. I got to get, gotta a get check. I got to get a check from a guy in an hour and a half. So uh, yeah, I'd be fidgety too. That's all, it's right. all good, Brian. All right, we'll get to start. What we're gonna do right here is just throw some uh, questions at you, okay, in a uh, fairly fast pace, just some short answer kind of stuff. All so, right, favorite movie? Ooh, The Patriot. Uh, favorite genre of music? Mm, country bluegrass type stuff. Hmm. Wait, do you think I was going to say like Kesha or something? No, I, didn't, I just didn't I, expect I it. thought you were going to go Hot Boys or Cash oh, Money or something. Oh, come on, yeah. man. <laughs> I didn't see that. No, that was interesting. I didn't, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure. I really didn't know like, what Like uh, Cody Jinks. Oh, okay. Okay, Tyler Childers. Dude, Tyler Childers yeah. is legit. Just side right? note, that is awesome album yeah. he just put out right now. Yeah. I'll get it for you. Brian's looking a little confused. Yeah, Dude, no, White House Road either. is one of like it's legit. Awesome. It's a learning experience. When Cody Jinx is awesome, and um, yeah, yeah. Tim's the, always got music. I've guys that are writing their own. These music, are easy I've questions, always, man. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you Fa- favorite sport <laughs> other than fishing. Favorite sport other than fishing, re- golf. Right. Not that I like to play. I just really enjoy watching golf. One bait you can't do without. Wacky rig. What co- What color? <laughs> just give us a little bit. Watermelon little- candy. Okay, there we go. First phone call when you get off the water? Uh, either my wife or my grandpa. Flip-flops or tennis shoes in the summer? Oh, man, I go from I go back and forth. But uh, I like to try and wear shoes, but flip-flops a lot. Favorite a lot. food? Favorite food. I don't know. Anything I cook on my Traeger. 
<laughs> yeah, I use it a lot, dude. Um, baseball hat or no baseball hat, like a like a buff. Or you do both? Oh yeah, dude, I would do the buff. I remember Shaw Grigsby, Byron Velvick were the first two, and I wore one. And my buddy told me you look like an idiot. <laughs> and and now look, yeah, everybody's got one. All so right. buff for sure. One professional. To- Not your turn. Because you're fishing, <laughs> fishing icon. Fishing icon. Uh, I've always said same thing. Any any guy that made made it from the West Coast. Okay. Yeah, because that was a big deal for us. Yeah. Like it was hard to make it from out there. You got to pick one professional angler to be your team partner. Who are you picking? Mm, Bobby Lane, strictly for a good time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Who's net man? Him or you? Probably me. He's a, he's a dang good fisherman. Mm-hmm. You only get one body of water the rest of your life. Which one are you picking to fish on? Ooh. Maybe we caught all those smallmouth. Yeah. 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 Let's see uh, if we Probably can... St. Lawrence River. <laughs> that's a good one. They're Champlain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beach or mountains? Mountains. I didn't think that. But if you get the mountains next to the beach, like Costa Rica style, where we just went, that's pretty darn. That's hard to beat, dude. You... Or, or Hawaii. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mountains, beach. That's pretty good. Alabama or Auburn? <laughs> I don't know. Better be careful on no, this one. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. No, you don't have to. <laughs> do you believe that people really do put mayonnaise on their french fries? Is that really a thing? That's like a huge thing. That is a huge what? thing. What? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Around don't here? Is that a Tennessee thing? Uh, no, it's not around here. I just but people you. make fun of me because I like ranch on my fries. So yeah. I, I can't. That's make fun weird of too, dude. Yeah, that's uh, this yeah. coming from the guy who eats anchovies and sardines, right, out of a can, and drinks the juice. <laughs> I don't drink nothing. the juice, <laughs> <laughs> but I might eat. It's actually mackerel. Oh, get I'm it sorry. straight. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, picky about our canned fish. We I don't are. like bones. I don't like little sardines with bones <laughs> or anchovies. Yuck. No. What about? I mean, you do potted meat. What's potted like meat? Like canned meat, you know, like the potted meat, not spam, but uh, oh, deviled ham. ham and that no, kind of stuff. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Uh, go-to drink uh, for the boat? Cold brew. Ice, co- like coffee, cold brew. Really? Yeah, big jug of water and a cold brew. Good, hmm. to, good to go. Hmm. That's good. Steak yeah. or seafood? Mm, steak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nice thick one, medium rare. I like your style. Yep. There you go. Connor's down there. Dude. Pretty good steak. Legit. That was a good meal. That's where you guys took me for the AOY party. That was a fun dinner. Yeah. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, look, we know you got to get out of here. You got to go collect some money. Grandpa (laughs) Jack back home, probably check in on Coop. You better give him his cut, too. Yeah, Yeah. he'll get it. I already bought him a burger for his birthday from Hardee's. You got to buy a lot monster of, burger. You got to buy a lot of burgers for him. He gave you that yeah. check for that first boat. I know. Hey, I will <laughs> I say know. this real quick while you got him up here. You need to stop him by Skip's Grill over here in Winchester. Okay. If he likes burgers. Yeah, he loves them. Yeah. Man. Next okay. next time y'all run through here, you got to go get the tater tots and the double bacon cheeseburger. Okay. It's legit. Cool. See if you can finish it. It's a okay. meal. Yeah. He finished the monster in a large uh, onion ring. Then he so. can handle it. He, he's a, he's a candidate for scripts yeah. <laughs> <Some> candidate <laughs> <laughs> well look we appreciate it man thanks I love for coming being up on. here yeah, and thank uh, you we will definitely be honored at you after you uh get you a win this year i'm down with that and we will i guess we'll see you in march or heck yeah right. well i'll be at the classic so yeah we'll be yeah. Wor- working with you guys there nice well perfect well yep. we appreciate it man thanks for coming in all right see you bud